RJ, you and I are are back in our respective places here. Uh, everything's kind of back back to usual for us, unfortunately. Same might be said for the Kraken. <laughs> this one, at least for season three, which isn't something we want to be saying uh, towards the end of November, uh, as the Kraken fall four three to the Blackhawks in Chicago. RJ, RJ, this was this was supposed to be one of the gimme games. Yeah, this is one where you need to get those two points. It's okay if maybe you drop a hard-fought game against Vancouver in their last game. You have a few days off. You go take care of business against a team, the Chicago Blackhawks. They're tied with San Jose for the fewest points in the league. We saw what where San Jose is at this point, right? The Blackhawks are kind of in that realm. They're right there record-wise. This is a team that you just have to take care of business against. And the Kraken, in many ways, just did not tonight. No, they did not. And uh, we'll we'll get to all the reasons why. And of course, all of your comments here in just a second. Uh, but first, of course, welcome back to Emerald City Hockey Postgame Live presented by Flatstick Pub. Now, RJ, I went over there for the first time while I was up there in Seattle. And I, I mean, I got in with less than half an hour before the game started. So I wasn't able to upload all the cool pictures I took. But let me just tell you, everybody, it's way better than I ever imagined. Like, it is so cool in there. I went during the Apple Cup, so it was like on fire to begin nice. with right like everybody is just uh, doing so much but the mini golf looked fantastic the duffel board rj mm -hmm. uh, it's it's like mini golf but like but but you're like shooting pool kind of and it's like i knew I'm you like, had to see it in i person. can do that i can do that <laughs> oh i'm really really excited to to you know do some sort of watch party up there very very soon uh when i'm when i'm next up there but definitely there's gonna be lots of great stuff coming about flat stick pub when i get all those pictures uploaded and we can dive into it a little bit more but just know everybody it is so worth it if you have the chance go check out one of their six locations uh, super chats here to start us off first one from justin rj Gru's contract when combined with his play starting to feel like an anchor around the neck of this team he was great in the playoffs but not lately now grew of course coming back to start this one rj not um himself i would say at least not for how he started off this season right justin mentioning the playoff run last year he started off this season very strong is it is it fair to wonder if he's maybe just not quite at a hundred percent given some of the goals from tonight well i mean yeah certainly given the fact that the last time we saw him in net he left the game due to injury and you know he's been out since chris drieger was called up and i do wonder if maybe that was a factor tonight it, it's tough you know, coming back, I, we don't know what exactly the injury is because that's kind of how yes. these things work. But yeah, it's always difficult, especially as a goalie. I think more than any other position, it's difficult to come back from that. But yeah, it certainly wasn't his best game tonight. And especially in a close game, 4-3, there are at least a couple goals I think you'd really want your uh, your goalie with that kind of contract to make the save on. Um, so, you know, assuming he's he's healthy and not injured, you would like to see better from him there. And yeah, the contract, you know, it's it's not good. Like, I think it was bad the day it was signed. I have, you know, yes. strong opinions on the goalie contracts, but still it's, you know, it's not good at the moment. I was going to say RJ and the, the philosophy of, of going the running back route with the goaltenders um, yes. is, is well documented <laughs> at this point. And I will say this, look, I truly don't believe they would put him out there if he was injured. Um, I don't think he would probably put himself out there if he was injured and he really felt like he he was going to let the team down kind of thing because he was too yeah. hurt to play. But that doesn't mean he's not at 100 percent. Right. Like you could yeah. still be hurt. You could have a nagging injury and still go out there and still not be injured. And and I think that's probably what we saw tonight. And yeah, it's it's just a shame because he started the season so strong, RJ. 
And and whether this was the you know not being a hundred percent or maybe just rust from having a week off, it this might be one of his worst games this year. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, it's it's unfortunate that it you know comes in this kind of situation, but I, I think you're right. I just I hope that because athletes, you know, pro athletes, even if they're not hundred percent, they all feel like they can help the they team. They're all competitive, yeah. even if they, you know, might be of a disservice to the team. Cause they're not back enough yet. They're all going to tell you as a coach, like, come on, I can play. I can help. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, it's unfortunately just the job of like the, the staff to kind of evaluate, like, are they actually okay? It's really difficult to do. Yes. Were you surprised that we didn't see a goaltending change after say the fourth goal? I, I guess I was, yeah, given that, that Hackstall kind of had the hook on Grubauer earlier, you know, when it was clear that he was hurt. I mean, it was kind of clear at that point. One, it's not his night. And two, you need to wake this team up. Yeah. Like there, you can't even blame him for the wait, no, which one was the fourth one? Was that the like the back the door? The fourth one? one is the wraparound back door one. Yeah. You I don't think you can really blame him on that. The whole defensive sequence was a mess. You need to just wake the whole team up. I, I think a goalie change there would have been beneficial. That's that's what I was thinking, too. And I get the idea of starting him on this one, right? Like it is. It is Chicago. You're not necessarily thinking this is the toughest team on the road trip. This is a good one to get Gru back in the game. But even the very first goal, RJ, right? That's that's on Lars. Look, Lars is caught out there. They were trying to get the change. He gets stuck out there. He's been out there for a long time. He's gassed. All defensemen kind of turn into statues when they're that tired. But still, I mean, he let two Blackhawks get right behind him and, and then they were able to kind of pick Gru apart on the first goal. After you see that fourth one, I think it's, you know, it's it's a fair assessment to say, yeah, that the defense needed to be woken up to kind of help out down there. You look at the, the shot chart for the Blackhawks in this one and it's just all in and around Grubauer. And that's something that the Kraken had been doing such a better job of lately. And there's not tonight, but thank you very much for the super chat, Justin. Uh, good yeah, good uh, comment there. Another super chat here from Schultz had to score on the five on three, given how poop emoji the power play was, there was absolutely no chance six on five. Can't give a two goal head start. We weren't playing the Kraken. <laughs> Oh man, RJ, if only we could play ourselves. <laughs> well, oh, I was, you might say the Kraken played themselves that's tonight. True. That is true. Uh, the five on three, that was, I mean, talk about a gift. The Blackhawks are trying to give you this game, right? The Blackhawks, like you said, they're down there in that Sharks territory standings wise. I would not say they're as bad as the Sharks, but it, based on this game, it sure looks like they have a discipline problem. Maybe that's contributing why they're losing so many games. And and that five on three, I mean, that is like a godsend. In, you know, late in a one goal game, if, if I've ever seen one. And the Kraken just did nothing with it. Yeah, they kept moving the puck just around the outside. You got to force the issue and just get a little bit lower. Even if you are taking, because they attempted two shots on that. They yes. had no shots on goal through the full minute plus five on three, which you know, kind of inexcusable, but the shot attempts were, they're both from up high, but when you're five on three, you can sneak those guys down low. And even if you are getting what, you know, a point shot from a guy at the point that can still be at the top of the circles and you should be able to have a clear lane. Cause you should get the pass across really quick. They called a timeout to draw something up. And I yep. don't, know what exactly it was they tried drawing up because after you know maybe the first look and everything kind of got a bit chaotic again it seemed like there was no plan they weren't sure who was supposed to be the trigger man and what play they were supposed to be going with i don't know maybe you have a keener eye for these things maybe you figured something out but i i had nothing nope i'm right there with you i was like what what 
that's what like it just it didn't make sense and it was on a night in which your power play goes oh for five which is you know a big oof and look the power play has been great it was number eight in the league going into this game so not necessarily here to just rag on the power play but you went over five tonight and it just it got progressively worse as the game went on right like i thought the the first couple power plays in the first period were by far and away their best ones tonight it just kind of looks yeah it just devolved as the game went on and i'm not quite sure what that's about but it looked like more and more guys were hesitant to shoot the puck it was well let's let's pass it back to the point and it's like, no, that's that's what that's what we were doing when the power play was bad. Like we had gotten away from that. Guys were taking shots. Maddie was scoring on the power play. They were taking shots from the side. Like that's that's what works. Um, the puck movement I felt like wasn't there. That dynamic puck movement that we were starting to see from the crack and power play that was helping lead to goals. And like I said, this one, it was just back to the point, let the point person figure it out. And really that just meant hold on to it until he's pressured and then he sends it right back over to the guy on the half boards. Yeah, I mean, one theory I have, too, was it their second or third power play for Chicago where they got a few chances shorthanded coming back at the Kraken uh, after a few like misplays. And I think that may have scared him a little bit, just being afraid to to make any kind of risky play because it's going to come back at your net. And you can't afford to give up a shorty. I think that might have been in their heads a little bit. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point there. And then the six on five, too. Oh, that was I mean, everybody take notes if you're if you're ever coaching youth hockey or you're coaching at the NHL level. That's how you defend a one goal lead late in the game. Just look at what the Blackhawks were able to do there because uh, the Kraken were just not able to force that issue at all. Yep. Not much more to be said about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Super chat here from Light. Thank you very much. Matty points, Wenny goal, Cart's goal. But at what cost, RJ? At what cost? Yeah, I mean, we're we're still not sure the full cost, given that Jaden Schwartz also is uh, was out of the game. He left, did not come back. They ruled him out really fast, too. Very fast. So it makes it makes me worry about that for sure, especially in a close game that he's ruled out that quickly. So you know, at what cost could mean even even greater than than we know. Well, and look, we talked about this with with Grubauer earlier, potentially not being at 100%. Jaden Schwartz now getting hurt. This was something that struck me as as we were watching it, and we can maybe touch on this tomorrow on the deep dive when we recorded, RJ. But the Kraken, of all the things, you know, so much talk about the shooting percentage and all that kind of stuff regressing this year, and how can they offset that? We talked a lot last year. They were unusually healthy. And this year, they really have not been. With the multiple injuries to Turbo, you get Schwartz now. Berkey's been in and out of the lineup, right? Like you've got uh, Bjorkstrand, maybe not even 100% in this game. I mean, so many guys. Like the list can keep – I could just keep going with the list of guys for the Kraken so far this year. And it's, it is it is starting to make me wonder, beyond just Grubauer tonight, and I, I know this isn't about Schwartz as much, but how many of these guys are playing with nagging injuries? And for an example of how that can affect play, look at Jamie Alexiak this year when he's finally at 100%, right? He's playing lights out. He's playing fantastic hockey. And it really does make you go back and you look at those other times in the past when we've been more critical of him or his play hasn't been at this level. And you go, okay, those 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 nagging injuries, they really do make a difference in the level of performance that somebody can go out there with. And it just feels like RJ right now, the Kraken, and I don't, you know, don't know any of this for sure, but just based off of the guys kind of having to go in and out of the lineups, really feels like the Kraken might just be trying to work through things. A lot of guys. 
Yeah, and this time of the season, especially with the Kraken just trying to string wins together, it can be tempting to try and stay in the lineup and play through whatever, especially when, look, if if um, Schwartz is going to miss time, I mean, like, that's Marion Studenich into the lineup, yeah. someone who I don't think we really planned on getting a lot of games for the Kraken this year. So, you know, there is that desperation there, I think. There is there's definitely an element of that. Now, on the flip side, back to the beginning of Light's comment, because we know Light, and I, I think Light's also trying to look on the positive side of things here. The lighter you get side two, of things. Yes, uh, I know. I wasn't going to go for the obvious, all right, all right. All right. Uh, <laughs> Maddie does pick up a couple points in this one. RJ gets another goal. That's always great to see from him, especially because he has been really starting to wake up and get hot here these last couple weeks. Wenberg, the big question, RJ, did he shoot that puck? Or did he just kind of guide it towards the net? Oh, actually, I was going to say, yeah, he shot the puck. He certainly wasn't passing it, but I guess guiding it toward the net <laughs> kind of makes more sense. And also looking back, and I tweeted about this, Morazic, I don't know what he was doing angles wise on that play. Like Wenberg had the angle to shoot and score. He had like two or three feet of net the whole way in. It just was when he wanted to get rid of it. So I think he waited till the last second when he had the entire net open, but like it was there. So I guess maybe guiding it would be more fair. Yes. And then uh, Cartier kind of continuing things too. look, the effort level from Cartier has been there all along. We know that's why they kind of fell in love with him last year in the playoffs, the coaching staff and the front office. And it's really nice to be able to see that start to pay off for him on the score sheet, RJ, because he's out there doing that night in, night out. That's that's one of those things that sticks with you when you watch games in person, which I was able to do this last week. Yeah, I like seeing the Matteo Kart 7 line back together. And that's one of the things that Haxtell knows he can go to if he needs a jump from some of the guys. Um, and I like seeing that being rewarded because I think he'll maybe go to it a little bit more in the future if he needs to. Yeah. Uh, all right. So back up to the beginning of chat now. And uh, we'll start dancing through there. James kicking it off. Time to quit saying they played down to competition. The Kraken just stink. Oof, I have been getting some pushback on those comments because the last few games I've been talking about playing down to inferior competition and there's always some comments like, well, who's inferior really? Um, I mean, after after long enough, but we see what they can do against good teams yeah. and when they play well. So that's why I keep saying it. But I, the Blackhawks are not a good team. I still think the Kraken are certainly better than them. You know, they were not engineered to tank like Chicago was. You, you have to beat these teams. You, you do. And I guess, look, they did not play down to the Sharks level. So that would be another, yep. you know, it's kind of the other side of that argument of they didn't. I don't know uh, if it's possible for that group to play down know. to the Sharks level. They'd have to they'd have to really be injured. I mean, we were just talking about the the age, you know, the Coachella Valley Firebirds look about on par with the with the. <laughs> the sharks at the nhl <laughs> yeah. level um but yeah it's uh it's uh, i don't know i i'm still not willing to go so far as to say that this team is bad you look at you know going into yesterday they were in the top 10 as far as uh possession you know analytics go creating shots limiting opposing teams they just don't finish a lot of that uh so and how much of that is bad luck versus them just maybe not being the most talented when it comes to finishing ability i still th i'm still on the luck i mean tonight rj there were so many chances that sequence in the second period where it was just all around Mrazic and they just could not get it home or is that for the first period oh my god yeah no, there were a lot of looks like that where Mrazic made some really good saves and, you know, for, for the goals he let in sometimes being a little bit soft, you know, the, the, the saves he made kind of made up for that too. I mean, there were, there were certainly chances where some puck luck, you know, could have made it go the other way. Yeah. So I'm still kind of there with, with this team. I'm not quite willing to, to go into the whole they stink column light with another yeah. super chat. Oh, what? No, I was going to say Byron RJ, can you please stop challenging the Kraken to look worse? <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll think about it from that angle. Sorry. 
It's a very fair comment. Uh, Light with another super chat here. I agree with Dylan. I'm just going to stop right there. I'll just leave that at that. Uh, I think a lot of the team is probably hurt. I really think that's why we don't see a lot of fighting, uh, though that Donnie one, drama. Oh, we get to, yeah, we get to this one now. We get to talk about it because that is going to, you know, really be the thing I think sticks with everybody from this game. That that whole brawl after you know the Blackhawks get in get in Grubauer's face, they take a couple extra pokes at the puck after he's frozen it right it's under him, and uh, emerging from all of that is is Brian Dublin with Ryan Donato, and really RJ, I I'm going to contend that Dumoulin was protecting Donato from Grubauer uh, at that <laughs> point more so than anything is what it looked like because he kept positioning himself between Grubauer and Donato as they were jawing at each other. Yeah, Gru was going at him too. And with the helmet coming off, like, yeah, yeah, he was angry about that. And it's the phenomenon of angry Gru. We see it like maybe once a year. I I remember once like year one against Montreal, we saw it, but it's very rare that you see it. So when I saw him react to that play, I knew, okay, we're getting angry Gru, like alarms going off. Let's go clip this video, whatever. And I look over at the guy that he's mad at and I see Ryan Donato. And my my mind just explodes. I I was not sure how to deal with that. Aside from I need to get the video and post yes. it and try and think of something to say about this. It self, seems self explanatory, you know, for Kraken fans. But like, just in chat, let us emotionally. How did you handle that? Like, how did everybody yeah. handle that? Because it's just, I don't know. It was so unexpected. I mean, I know on the Discord everybody was all over the place there, just because it was. I mean, it's just not what you expect. It's very rare to see that kind of happen. I will say this, though. Kraken standing up for their goaltender, right? Like, they did the thing. Again, McCann is is arguably the one doing it the most, which I still don't like. Please protect your hands, dude. Uh, (laughs) Deep needs them. Um, But uh, you know what? Like, that that was a, a pleasant sight to see. You know, maybe maybe the team bonding yesterday, maybe maybe helped with some of that, RJ. Um, so there there was that aspect of it. But yeah, that was that was not something I had on my 2023, 2024 crack and bingo card was Philip Grubauer trying to fight Ryan Donato. I know it's crazy. Gary saying Donnie isn't on the team anymore, so I'm fine with it. Fusion Mix says excitement, misconducts. Um, yeah, yeah there, there's a lot of excitement with that. So also Grubauer takes a penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct yep. there. His first ever unsportsmanlike conduct penalty of his career kind of goes without saying uh, that he hadn't done that before, but it's the third penalty of his career. The second one happened November 2nd, so less than a month ago. And I remember when that happened, it was so crazy because like, oh, that's the second penalty of his career. The last one happened in 2016. And after the game, I, I let him know. Yeah, I said, you know, you- this is the second penalty of your career. Did you know that? And he's like, yeah, I figured it probably didn't get too many. Uh, I said, yeah, the last one happened in 2016. So like, you know, six, um, you know, like seven years ago. And he said, oh, that's good. It means I got a while till my next one. So uh, maybe not as long as he thought. Well, it depends on what he meant by a while and, and yeah. whose perspective, right? To a house fly. It's all that relative. Was, that was three lifetimes. So I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see here. Uh, six on five. No one appears to be even in a position to take a shot. What are they even trying to do? I think that six on five thing is going to sting uh, for a little while. Uh, alongside as Shazzle Dazzle is pointing out here, 0 for 5 on the power play. I know we touched on that already. That's uh, a rough one B that power play is looking pretty sad, huh? Again, they were eighth in the league going into the game. So it, it had like overall, it's been good. Just tonight was kind yeah. of an off. Again, I think they got scared by those chances against. They didn't want to make mistakes. 
Yes, I, I I agree with you. And that do you think that goes back to the game against the Canucks? Oh, you know what? It might. Because I mean, certainly after the, the shorty in the first chances, period, yes. that kind of stuff can stick in your mind. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. That was the case. Uh, so, so there's there's that there, Lindsay. Two things can be true: the Kraken forgot how to play defense, and Philip Grubauer should not have started that game. I think you could start it, but maybe, like I said, you know, maybe he doesn't finish or something. Because I will say, I I kind of agree. Two of these goals I'd put on the defense, RJ. Two of them I put on Grubauer. Yep, I agree with that split. I'm sure we agree on what the goals were. I was surprised to see this morning Grubauer get the start, though. I had kind of penciled in Joey on the the, the lineup graphic. Yeah, I always kind of predict yeah. before things are announced that we know. And yeah, I just I didn't think they'd throw him back in this soon after coming off an injury. Yeah, well, that's why Vegas doesn't call you for these things. Uh, I think I think the the one thing would just be like, well, it's it's Chicago. Right. Like maybe that's the you want to help him build confidence. Yes. Like are you going to throw him out there against Toronto? Yeah, that's true. That is the tougher matchup. Right. It makes more sense to do this game, I guess. Um, And and maybe they're worried about overworking Joey. I don't know. Um, George, maybe problem to have (laughs) going into the season. You wouldn't think. (laughs) No, uh, maybe the critics are right. Maybe last year was a fluke and that's okay. It's only the third year. Hopeful, hopeful for the off season in Ron. We trust like there's still time. They're still in and around everything. It's just, they got to figure out whether it's the finishing or the defense or more consistent special teams. Realistically, they probably need to figure out two of those three things to, in order to get the ball rolling uh, in a, in a more consistent, positive direction, RJ. But at the end of the day, you're, you're right there around the wild card spot still. Yeah, you are. I mean, and not over still. Right. It's not over. And especially just given the way the rest of the conference is gone. I mean, there might be a team that makes it with like 90 points or something this season. That line could be really low. And with the Enron we trust part, I, I I'm with you on that sentiment. And also this team, I, you know, I've talked about it in my armchair GM chats. They have not reached their final form and they cannot reach it until after the next off season. That's yeah. when the cap becomes available. That's when they can make a big move. They're still limited this season as compared to what they'll be next season. Yep. Joyful here. This team is the definition of insanity. Every chance they get, they dump and chase with the same result. The offensive philosophy needs to be changed. And Carl agreeing dump and chase needs to go away for a while. There was a, there was an element of that to this one, RJ. I mean, really, I mean, credit to the Blackhawks for some of this. They they were doing a, a great job of defending through the neutral zone. The Kraken were having a hard time getting clean zone entries. That being said, we've seen the Kraken kind of struggle with this all three years now, uh, whether it's on the power play or five on five. Really, that Matty Beneers line was the one line kind of able to really just kind of push their way through. You look at the Matty goal, right? And what Jared McCann was able to do. He he really took it along the boards as much as he could. He knew he was getting closed in on and he wasn't going to have a play to make in front of him. But he does that that nifty little dump pass off the boards back to Matty and you're able to generate uh, obviously a quality chance. Matty's able to get a goal off of it. I think they do need to get a little bit more creative with some plays like that, RJ. Yeah, I mean, that's the blueprint. You saw it a lot last year when they put up eight against, was it eight or not? Yeah, eight against yeah. Chicago last year in Chicago. I mean, a lot of plays that looked kind of like that. Mrazek in net, you know, it was kind of a familiar look. I think also one thing that can happen too when in the start of the game and then a little bit later too, 
I would categorize a lot of that as an effort issue, like the goals against mm -hmm. and everything, just the yeah. effort wasn't there. It was a slow start. And I think one of the things that it can be tempting to do, certainly like from a coaching perspective, if the effort problem is there is just to try and simplify, like get pucks in, you know, you hear the players yeah. say it all the time, get pucks in deep, go chase them, get to work. And that can kind of help you get back on your game. And I think that might've been what was going on there. I was a little you know, like I was on the discord going like, you know, maybe hack calls a timeout here after that second goal. Like, you know, you regroup or whatever. And I will say this, I was wrong because I believe at that time, let me see what the time was on the goal. Yeah. You're really close to like next stoppage being a TV timeout. And I think hack knew that and, and was waiting for that. Uh, or at least I'm going to say that I hope that that's what the case was uh, mm -hmm. because I, that would be a, a smart thing to do. And to be honest, they looked much better after that next TV timeout. So I, I do know that he at least used that wisely. That was, that was clear, but I think you are uh, onto something there. And then with the, with the effort level, as Sean's saying, playing 40, maybe 45 minutes out of 60 is unacceptable. We keep hearing about how great this team is with expected goals. So what, if they're not actual goals, they do not, matter and it's, it's kind of two things there's the finishing stuff that we talked about earlier but it was another game rj where the team just wasn't there from an effort level throughout and it's just it's mind-boggling for me to see this that would have been the last thing i would have said the kraken ever need to worry about after last season right it just it wasn't in their dna at all and it just keeps coming up we see it again tonight it, whenever it feels like they're past it it comes back up i i just i don't know what to say about it aside from that it needs to change it's 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 an effort thing. Like it's not X's and O's. We can't break these plays down. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words at this no, point. No, it is. But even though, because what in the comment it mentioned forty to forty-five minute game. Like I think if they had played a forty-five minute game, they probably win this one. I think it was less than that tonight against the Blackhawks. You can get away with a forty-five minute game. I think the Kraken just didn't even really bring that. It depends on if if part of that 45 minutes included any of the five power plays. That's <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Coop done shooting a wrister on a five on three directly into a defender in front of him when McCann is wide open next to him. Begging for a one timer is hilariously bad. This is a problem that I have noticed with the Kraken, and it was it was made even more clear to me watching them in person last week, RJ. And that is the fact that. Every single member of this Kraken team, when they are on the power play, will wait for a puck, receive the puck, pick their head up, look directly in front of them as a defender gets into their shooting lane, and then they rifle it right into said defender. Just shoot it. Just watch the puck in and go for the one timer, right? Don't settle it. Don't look up. And certainly if you're going to, if you're going to take that time, know that a defender's already there, go for a shot fake, go for something. But at what point do you just keep rifling it into shin pads over and over RJ? I am totally with you on this. I mean, that's part of the decisiveness we talked about at the end of last year, where they just need to be more decisive with the puck whenever they get it, whether that's like making a pass to someone who's open to one time or just shooting it yourself. And it's something I thought the Kraken were really good at over the last you know few weeks. I mean, that's why the power play was a lot better. I think you were seeing that from like, even a guy like Vince Dunn, same guy who threw it in the shin pads today. Like I, I have a hard time criticizing the power play too strongly. It was really bad tonight, but like, yeah. it feels like it's not what they've been this season. Yes, agreed. Uh, George would have been a bold move, but I'm wondering why we didn't pull the goalie a little earlier during the five on three and go six on three. Our power play needs all the help it can get. That would be an extremely bold move, RJ. And I, I don't know that Hackstall's that kind of guy, but that, yeah. I mean, that's that certainly would have been an option. It would have been kind of a, a fascinating approach to take. 
Yeah, I think there was like, what, seven or six minutes, something like yeah. that left in the game. And I, I mean, it's a better opportunity than you're probably going to have going six on five, even for two or three minutes. You know, I think there's something to be said for that. I don't know if there's, you know, like analytics calculations for, you know, for that. Because the thing with it being shorthanded is the other teams can have they free can shots at the empty net. Yeah. But when you only have three on the ice it's going to be really hard to get that lane. Heck, you could just even have the extra skater be on the point and kind of just be looking for any kind of lane that they would have to send it all the way down. Right. Like, I think six on three, you can be dominant enough that you don't have to worry about being scored on. Well, and, and six on three, let's say they do get the puck. They're not thinking I need to get a shot. They're thinking I just need to get a clear so I can get a chain. Anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, clear it anywhere. I just need to as get hard it as out of the zone so I can get off the ice right right away. They're not going to try to line anything up. They're going to be going boards and out and all that kind of stuff. They're not looking yeah. for a shot. Uh, the Lindsay, difficulty then is if the guy, you know, if, if you don't score, the guys come out of the box, you might want to have a skater kind yes, of edge toward the bench and get the goalie back on if you can. Yeah, well, yeah. We don't really could, see could, that, but like you'd want to do that if it got to be, you know, six on four potentially. Well, I was just going to say what you could do is you had 103 on the clock. You could have done it and you could have told somebody, hey, when there's 10 seconds left, we're going to start screaming like crazy from the bench. You get back to the bench. Gru's going to come on and that, that gives them enough time to get back into the net. Uh, yeah. You know, it'd be. Boy, have you that seen that be before? Something. I've never seen something. I can't like that remember before. that. But it would be so. You must be able to, to do the goalie pull in reverse, right? There can't be any rule against it, right? Why not? Yeah. All right. Nobody's probably ever tried it, so there's probably not a rule for it, RJ. <laughs> yeah, that's how these things work. Yeah, it's, it's usually how it works. Lindsay, time to make a trade. I, I here's my problem. I still don't know what the trade would be on the Kraken's end, right? You need finishing. Everybody wants finishing. I don't know who's real realistically available for you in that regard. I, I. You know, the, defense, the only option, I, the only I, option I think is just to send a message trade. And that means maybe yeah. moving a guy like Wenberg. You know, we talked about that, you know, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast is as, as a potential option. It's not the kind of trade that's going to make you better right away, but hopefully it's the kind of trade that would maybe unlock, you know, some of the effort there that would solve those issues and at least send a message to the guys. Um, and especially with Wenberg scoring recently now, you know, maybe you could sell high. I don't know. Um, but still, that's the only I don't see them making a trade realistically that could make them get better right now i just yeah i don't know what it would be fusion mix grew needs to get angry i guess it is true rj did not allow a goal after all all the shenanigans went down after he went after ryan donato like that that's true that's true i don't know how many shots he faced after that wasn't that kind of later in the game yeah, but he didn't allow a goal, RJ. That's that's, that's, that's true. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I will say this. Uh, face-offs have been corrected to be 50-50. Kraken had won the face-off battle, but now there's been a, a stat correction to 50-50. So, again, if only they had been slightly worse, RJ. They could have won this game. Uh, I know. Um, let's see. Kraken Hawk, another loss. We've got to get this in gear. Otherwise, we'll be out of playoff contention by Christmas. Is there, because we've you talked about the Thanksgiving thing a lot, is there a similar stat or, or something like that for Christmas and or New Year's, RJ? I know? mean, I suppose, I, yeah, I don't know that there's one that's like widely available. Like you could, of course, just compile that. Like, you know, there are well, yes, yes, to compile that. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, I think New Year's is the other one that I've seen that people will point out. I mean, it's close enough. It's like, what, six days away, um, you know, from Christmas. So it's close enough. But I think New Year's is another one that they'll look at. Just given what the teams around them are doing, I, I don't know that the Kraken really can be totally out of it by, even by New Year's. 
I mean, unless some of these yeah. other teams really catch fire, but they're not. I mean, this is a really weak wildcard race in the Western Conference. It really is. So that's, again, there, that's why there is still hope, everybody. Don't need to write them off yet. Um, let's see. Uh, ben, forever the team that allows two goal comebacks instead of generating their own. They did get back and they tied it 2-2, RJ. And I'm trying to remember because uh, Kate Sheffield oh, with that the, stat, the Kate, Times yeah. had, had that and they had never come back from a two-goal deficit. Now, they, they come back in this one and they're able to get the two goals. You ultimately end up losing the game. But it, they did it. <laughs> yeah, they did. It's a first this season. I mean, that would have been a fun narrative had they, you know, came back and yeah. won the game. Like they'd never done it. They did it twice, you know, in the yes. game. And they end up winning. You know, that would have been great. But yeah, at least they did that. I mean, I, I was happy with the response at the end of the first period because it felt like they woke up. You know, they were just in shambles at the start of the game. And thankfully, get like again, against some teams, that'll be enough to put you away. They, they could even score three or four, right? But against right. Chicago, like a two-goal deficit is something you can come back from. Because as, yeah. you know, as you mentioned, like the crack, you know, they can't play themselves. But you can play a team like Chicago that that is, you know, maybe on that level with a two-goal lead defensively. And you can do it. And they did it. You just need to continue that on to the second period. And I really thought they would were going to also. It felt like they had figured everything out. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, Striatic, it's official, should have done team building over mini golf at Flatstick Pub. Agreed all day yep. long. Uh, that's That was the answer. Hockey Fork, at what point do they call it a day? They have good trade assets for the deadline, and it's a top-heavy draft. Not much benefit for the mushy middle. I know we were just saying that there is hope and all that kind of stuff. RJ, for you, I mean, look, they would have to really be out of it, out of it, out of it at the deadline for, for me to think that Ron would go that direction. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to look at the larger context. We talk about the three-year season ticket plans with all of that going on. There, there's no way unless, yeah, they're at the very bottom of the standings. If you're looking, you're below, you know, Chicago, Minnesota. If you're in that neighborhood still, then maybe you do it. But otherwise, you have to give this team a shot. Yep. And uh, well, just because we had just been talking about flat stick, Ben saying duffel board rules, I'm going to have to try to play. It was so crowded. I couldn't get in for a game. There were so many, so many Cougar fans there, RJ. They, they had mm. the alumni association was at flat stick. <laughs> it was a lot of that. And then a few Husky fans. It was very interesting to watch the game in that environment. Let me tell you, um, burnt creme, something has to give the coach, the $6 million goalie or the general manager year three of season tickets expiring very quickly. It's a, it's an interesting little standoff to imagine there, RJ, the end of a, of a Western, the three of them yeah <laughs> a group hour with some bags of money you know, i got money on Gru in that to be perfectly honest after tonight him going after donato i'd have my money on Gru. yeah that's true i don't know i still got my money on ron francis i know in that i, I can't bet against him uh it's, it's it's fair very fair uh rebecca missed everyone last post game due to being at the game i'm truly overdue for some therapy well it's good to have you back rebecca uh even if it was for the post game after this game uh let's see um coop i bet they'll say Gru's injured again this is where we're getting into the to the Gru stuff uh, one more time. Steaming Twitter to see if there's any uh, updates on that, but I haven't seen any quotes from him. I don't think, I really don't think we'd see something. Unless he's like legit injured and they're going to have to call back up Drieger, I, I don't think they'll say anything. Yeah, I haven't, again, I haven't. What are you going to say? Uh, he's not quite 100%, but we're going to still roll with it. Yeah, but we like, put him in anyway. Team, yeah. Yeah, like, what <laughs> team can say that, right? Like, it's, you just can't. So I, I don't I think feel we'll like he tweaked something, that. but we left him in the whole game. You can't, yeah, I guess you can't really. Yeah, no, the, the 
talk about like a fireable offense if you're a coach in in a, any sports league that would be one um let's see here i'm just jumping down because you know so much chat here uh so i'm, I'm gonna jump down if i if i skipped anything you can feel free to throw it in the end um random positive note this is from james i was randomly thinking about while watching you guys and seeing your backgrounds because i don't really want to think about the crack and ech logo is absolutely fire <laughs> that it is <laughs> thank you thank you uh let's see um our power plays are not indicative of us ever being number six in the league for power play goals from chip it's, it is kind of interesting to think about in a weird way right because we have talked about they don't always i i think it was james earlier in chat who was saying um i didn't read it out loud but i saw it where they don't do a lot of the, the the guys pulling the half boards don't do a lot of cross zone passes they never use the bumper rj i'm still convinced like what is the point of having a bumper player in this power play i don't really know that goes for most power plays by the way like very few teams utilize them but remember that play that arizona had rj where they they did yeah. like kind of a give and go with the guy in the bumper spot like the kraken used that a couple times afterwards but it would be interesting they did to yeah they that took that really play. worked in yeah it would be interesting to see that worked in a little bit more because i feel like the especially with the players they tend to stick there they've got the ability to do that yeah they they have it i mean like you have a guy like oliver bjorkstrand who can work that bumper spot i mean they've, they've tried maddie veneers in that bumper spot he's as smart as anybody and you know as quick hands as anybody i'd like to see more i mean i've been saying this for years i don't know <laughs> i know i, I just know. don't think it's gonna happen Yes. Uh, Christian, with the Winter Classic question, does the starting goalie play the entire game or do they switch goalies so the other goalie has a chance to play in a unique game? Uh, no, coaches treat it like it's a, it's any other hockey game. That's that's what they preach. That's how they try to coach it. So the starting goaltender, unless there's an issue, will usually yeah. finishes the game. That would be nice. So that's what the Canucks should have done with Eddie Lack and Roberto Luongo back in the day instead of having Luongo just, you know, be all disappointed on the bench there. Yeah, it is true. That would have been that would have been good. They were friends. It would have worked. Yes, it, it would have. It would have. Um, what about the power play? It, like, if we're, I'm not making it up. They were eighth in the league going into the game. <laughs> I promise. I know it looked terrible tonight. Um, let's see. Uh, everybody talking about now the Winter Classic in there. I mean, oh, still, I still can't get over the jerseys. You're gonna have to go around RJ now that they've been released and see how many people have them. It's, it's yeah. So well, I, I was there uh, actually. I was at KCI today because I was coming back from SeaTac and I took the light rail up. So I just stopped and worked at KCI for like an hour and a half. And I stopped by the shop, saw him in person. Gorgeous, absolutely love them. They they're so fantastic. Coop, how does McCann, our best shooter, not get one shot chance that last whole power play? They they do need to let him rip a little more they didn't I, tee him up i mean that's what no, they it was didn't. they didn't uh super chat here from ryan thank you very much it's giving tuesday our team is bad but rj and dylan are the and the animals are awesome thanks guys you are very welcome ryan thank you very much for the super chat and the kind words really appreciate that yeah thank you so much ryan i was gonna say where'd you go yes you Yes, you. Oh, it's good. To, it's good to be back with her too. I had like 20 minutes before <laughs> yeah. the game to be like, hi. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So I'm just going to go down to, to the bottom of the chat. Everybody feel free to put back in um, any comments that you have or anything like that. And I'll, I'll get to them here. Um, giving Tuesday is the only thing. And the crack they're giving me is a stomach ache. Oh no, Lindsay, don't say that. <laughs> um, 
let's see, Anthony, why does it seem like the D are more active and maybe a little more conservative with Joey versus Gru? Feels like maybe they have more confidence with, with Gru, so they leave him to fend for himself. Now, this is something that was talked about last year, RJ, when, when Martin Jones was in net. And everybody was like, why does the D always seem to play better in front of Martin Jones? Like, what's the deal here? What's going on? I the does the fact that it's now two different goaltenders make you think <laughs> uh think you make you think that maybe there is something there yeah i we see this though i i've got to check like it'd be great if i could just aggregate all the kraken goalies that are not philip grubauer so take drieger take uh you know martin jones take joey decord all together and just look at the stats together i'm sure there's some way i could i could easily do that like you know hockey reference just put it up on excel or something but also looking at the goal support the goal support and then just you know the like the expected yes. goals against per 60 or something because it does feel like there's a difference yeah, no, I it, it no matter who else of, the goalie is, it's getting tough to say. And, and for a while, I thought, well, look, Gru is a very angles based goaltender, he likes to play his angles, he'd want to see that and be able to square up to the puck. So maybe they leave open shooting lanes a little bit more for him, but this isn't really that, you know what I mean? Like, this is just guys get behind them, guys get in and around Gru's crease a lot more than they ever seem to get in front of Joey, and that's that is a kind of strange that we keep seeing that Sean Calgary's on a roll Edmonton's on a roll Nashville's playing better all of these teams are beating teams they should not be beating yet here are the Kraken with terrible effort after team bonding and then also Minnesota looked pretty good tonight as well are we maybe being a little myopic here this is not looking good for the Kraken now I will say there's also some teams that are you know Vancouver's looked shaky outside of playing us. Uh, Vegas is in like a death spiral right now. They can't score a goal to save their lives. Look, I Minnesota, that's just a coaching change. Every team gets a bump when you do something like that. It probably doesn't stay the whole season. I'm still not bought in on, say, Nashville, Edmonton. You know, we knew they were going to get better at some point. Calgary, I'm still on the fence about, but they tend to prove me wrong whenever I am. So I take that for what you will. Yeah, no, I and I think also just look, loser points keep the standings close. Like that's yes. kind of how the system is designed for parity. It, it's a long time before you're actually fully out of it. You know, if not for the loser points, Kraken would be in real trouble. But thankfully for them, you know, this season it, it's helping them stay in it. I mean, they are, you know, they are what tied for third last in the league. No, it's tied for second last in the NHL in regulation wins. Yeah, I know. Ahead of only Montreal. Yeah, there you go. Um, One of the teams are tied with is Toronto, though. Their next opponent. Well, they, hey, that's not so bad, actually. Uh, Nicole, average fans don't care about building uh, or three or five year plans. Hyping up what happened last season and fans seeing this as a result will not get people in the building or honestly watching in general. Now, the, the games I was at, RJ, didn't have the best attendance, but I think that can mostly be chalked up to the fact that they were happening the day before and the day after Thanksgiving, people out of town, all that kind of stuff. I do agree with Nicole that, yes, you, you can't sell fans necessarily on, look, it was a three to five year play and we were a little ahead of schedule and it's natural to maybe take a step back, but it's okay because we're still working towards something. No marketing department on the face of this planet could ever assemble a team good enough to do that, right? That's just not how it works. 
Um, I think you can you can do that to try to sell season ticket plans to people, but I, I don't think you can do that to general fans. And that is something that you know the, the Kraken also have to be concerned with. On top of the season ticket holder thing, which we've spent a lot of time to talk about, is the idea of yes, especially with the home record being what it is. We've talked about that again from the season ticket sta- holder standpoint. But if you're say someone who you know it's an expensive expensive building to get into, you can only afford to go to one game a year. You, you see this team right now, you're not going to be as fired up leaving that one game. Yeah, no, it, it's true. And I mean, I think the, the home record is certainly a part of it. And then that's, you know, the season ticket thing, like, um, you know, and, and via end, you know, what would the people complaining about season ticket plans even need to see? I see zero plausible ways for them to turn into a contender this year. And that seems to be the only acceptable outcome. You know, I, I think, you know, maybe, it, it's tough because a lot of the stuff I think is off the ice as well. You know, seeing the ticket prices, you know, for resale as low as they are. And like, you know, that's part of it. Um, but, you know, just I, I think seeing a few more wins at home, however that comes about, you know, makes a difference. But like, you know, certainly yeah. not like you can like last year. Right. They were a lot better on the road than they were at home. And we kind of heard some rumblings of like, well, why can't they do this at home? But I <laughs> yes. think, you know, if you're a hundred point team, like you can cover for it that. matter. Yeah, people didn't matter, people, but you can't do it when you're not in a playoff spot. Right. People were on board with that. And look, we just watched this team go, you know, from from the 16th, RJ, to the 22nd. They they won three. They, they went three, oh, and one. Right. And they picked up a ton of points. They played fantastic. They were beaten up on teams. You, you get a win in Vancouver, all that kind of stuff. Like and and we were all way up here with it. Right. And they, they're totally climbing the standings. Everything's fine. I'm trying not to look at this as like a two game sample size. Right. Just the Vancouver yeah. game and this one and get too upset about it. And that's that's, you know, I think an important thing to remember. One of the things that Coach Haxtell talked about while I was up there was Darren of Sound of Hockey was asking about um, Haxtell has referenced uh what does he call them sequences or, or sections of a season segments segments that's thank you very much uh and Hexall was talking about he looks at it in um five game segments the the entire season he breaks it down into five game segments and he you want to get six out of those 10 points and if you get six out of 10 points over the course of those five game segments out through 80 games and then you've got two bonus games on top of that you make the playoffs Right. And so if you kind of look at that with what the Kraken have been doing right now for their last five game segment, they've got they've got five of those six points. It's not that bad. That's that's, you know, still right around playoff pace. So there's there's still elements of that. And look, winning fixes everything. They get a couple wins in a row. Um, I think I think all of us will be feeling better. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I see a uh, super chat from Rayanne. I'm I'm glad actually. Thank you, Rayanne, for the super chat. Because I was gonna go and try and dig. I, I saw you commented earlier in the chat with this too, and yeah. I thought it was a good comment, so I wanted to bring it up. But so thank you for the super chat. But the team isn't bad; they're playing bad. Yeah, and I think that is an important distinction to make because you know we we talk about the team on paper, and and I think certainly when you get kind of doom and gloom about like, look, you know, you're losing to Chicago. Maybe they are just bad. I really do think they're they're playing bad. And when you play bad, you can lose to any team. But this is this is still so close on paper to a team that was a hundred point team last year. It is. And it's it's you know, that's I think partly what I was thinking when I brought up the idea of how many of these guys are playing at less than a hundred percent right now. 
because it, yeah. it does that that would be like an explanation for that right why else would this team be playing the way that they are um it doesn't make sense after last season it certainly doesn't make sense from the effort standpoint unless maybe they're just kind of not physically capable of doing it at the moment um so that's i i'm kind of right there with with both of you as well they are, they are and, playing and I think, worse than they are constructed yeah and like I, said, I think tonight makes for a good comparison because i think chicago even though they got the win tonight they are bad like if you look at them as far as what is their path to making the playoffs there is nobody on that roster you can point to and be like yeah they're going to bring the production that that you need to yeah. go to the playoffs and i think yes. you saw that with the kraken in year one it became clear okay they are bad you yes. know they are just a bad team they don't have the horses this team's different it is different. Agreed a thousand percent. Kaylin with the super chat. Hi, Afra. Lots of lots of Afra comments. Oh, I've been waiting to do this. We've got some new treats for you, Afra. There you go. Go enjoy that. Go yes. enjoy that. Good to good to be back. <laughs> good to be doing this again for sure. Uh Coop with a repeat comment. Maddie won every single power play or big face off tonight that's such a good sign he decided to focus on it over the summer and got way better this bodes very well for his future and his next focus i will also say i attended two practices while they were there which is a lot of practices rj for two, yeah. two in a week for the kraken is a lot um both times maddie working with belmar on faceoffs. yep that, I mean, he's go. been doing that all seat. Like Belmar is just the teacher on faceoffs, working with yep. Maddie, working with Shane when he was up here, working with the other centers. Um, you know, that's that's what he does. And you can see the results. Yeah, definitely. Now, Maddie was maybe trying to, you know, help out my argument a little bit tonight as he won the big moment faceoffs, didn't win the majority of his faceoffs down to 39% after a correction. I think he was one of the corrections. Um, but yeah, that he's, he is working on it. And that's something that's, that's pretty much on schedule for centers. This, I remember talking about way back after the expansion draft, RJ, when we were looking at uh, this guy named Morgan geeky that the Kraken took from the Carolina hurricanes. And it was like, well, what's going on here that we were expecting Jake Bean. what happened? Why, why, who's this geeky kid. And one of the things I noticed was, wow, for a young guy, he wins a lot of faceoffs because traditionally for the superstars, you go back and you look at Crosby or Taves or any of those guys, Sam coast, they don't get good at faceoffs until like year three in the league. That's really yeah. when they start taking a step forward and they jump, you know, from from around 50 percent to over 50 percent. And, uh, you know, Maddie has been working on that. And I certainly could see him have that year three leap next year where he just starts coming in and consistently winning those big draws for the Kraken and kind of takes that next step. That'll be really cool, too. Yeah, um, it will be see as well. Um, Coop also pointing out Belmar only was six faceoffs taken tonight. They clearly don't trust him anymore compared to Maddie. I wouldn't say <laughs> that. Uh, look, uh, most teams don't deploy their fourth line out there for you know stoppages. That's more of an on the fly thing. You send them out there, you're not sending them out there all the time. Because if you have like an offensive zone draw, you want a higher up line to be taking that, you know, right. And when you have a line with Yanni Gord and that, that line he has that's a pretty safe one to have out there for a defensive draw really the Wenberg line is too uh so you can mm -hmm. see you know Hackstall maybe wanting to lean in 
with those lines. So I, I don't know that it's a trust issue with Belmar so much. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, Rebecca on building new uh, on building new fans. Have we heard anything about a skills showcase this year? My friend's kids, seven and four, got really hockey crazy during my visit, and I'm dying to get them into the building. See, now that is the perfect kind of thing to build fans, RJ, and and it has gone over extremely well both previous seasons that they've done that. I don't know when they announced it last time because I don't think we've heard anything about that yet. No, certainly not for this year. We haven't. I can't imagine that they wouldn't have it again. It's been such a success the first couple times that they had it. Um, I imagine we'll hear at some point later in the season because they happened. Um, let's see what I'm trying to You're in look like up February, when they February, right? Yeah, it was like late January, January early February yeah. the last couple of years. And so I think it's going to happen around that timeline. I think maybe probably after the Winter Classic would be my guess. I think everyone's focus right now is on the Winter Classic and that big event. Yes. And then, you know, maybe give it a week or two after that. And you'll probably start hearing more about the skills showcase. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Sean Vegas is not isn't going anywhere. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I'm just pointing it out. Like, you know, these things happen. Teams go through ups and downs over the course of a season. Um, so that's that's that. Uh Brent Krem paid thirty nine thousand for three seasons at this point. No more excuses. Win or go away. Ron will be on a smoking hot seat come June. It's, it is gonna be an interesting offseason to see how that all kind of kind of shakes out. Um, for sure. That definitely. Um, how are the Kraken better than season one? Real question. I mean, look, the, they weren't a 500 team season one and they, they weren't, I mean, Grubauer was playing at historically bad levels. Like, like that's un- the first thing in unreal that. bad levels. The defense was atrocious. I mean, it was, it was like the breakaways from the beginning of that Vancouver game, but you knew that was going to happen three or four times every game there was there was no structure to the power play or special teams at all so you you had really poor special teams um and and then they just had no depth scoring right like for them to get three goals they've been kind of getting three goals consistently right now this season i mean the amount of four three games we had another one tonight rj that couldn't have happened year one. They literally could not buy three goals a game if they tried year one. So they are significantly better than year one. Um, they're, they're not bottom three in the league standings wise, right? Like the, these are the reasons that I would say, I'll let you speak RJ here. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, you touched on a lot of them. The, the goal scoring is the biggest thing. They actually have guys who can put the net, puck in the net right now. And then also, I think, you know, as as much as the effort problems are are there, you ha- you kind of ran into this wall with, with the skill. Uh, and at this time last year, because I went and looked this up, I saw the comment a little earlier. I was looking up what the Kraken's records were all three seasons after 23 games, which is what they played now. So after year one, they had 18 points in the standings. After year two, at the, or in year two at this point, they had 33. And then right now they've got 21. So, of course, that's closer to year one. But in year one at this point, yeah, they had 18 points. The record doesn't look all that different. But they were about to lose 12 of their next 15. And I don't see this year's Kraken team doing that, even just if you're going to go on the record. Yeah. So I, th- that's what I would say. Like from from a, a play standpoint, I mean, yeah, I, as Rebecca's pointing out, like we've got no Jeremy Lazan this year, right? Like, I mean, it, you look at the lineup. Go go look at our projected or like lineup for one of those games well, yeah. last season. Pick a game and look at yeah. that team on paper. It, yeah, it's it just was, so different. Victor, yeah. Ra- even by the end of the year, Victor Rask was the two C. Hey, hey. 
Hey. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Kicked I, your ass I hit a nerve there. It was a genius. It was a genius. <laughs> uh, Bert Krebb pointing out, year one, they could have lost each game 10 zip and we didn't care. I, I'm with you there, right? Like everybody was so excited to have that team. We were so excited to have that team, RJ, that it, it didn't really matter. You, you, we were just excited to be talking about about hockey um i will i will say yeah and again not trying to like like jump on you at all here burnt creme uh just i i do think that this team is significantly better in the sense that there are structures um to to things that you know year one we were trying to figure out half the year rj what the offensive scheme was like what are they even trying they didn't have to time to practice it they couldn't yeah. get practicing because of covid yeah, so they, it was it was a lot rougher. It was they didn't have as many skilled players. You didn't have guys like Maddie that were going to be future of the franchise. You didn't have Shane Wright kind of able to come up and and provide a little bit of a jolt, stuff like that. So there, it yes, it maybe isn't as big a leap as maybe we would have hoped for as we were going through year one. When we you know if you were to come back and tell us year three, they'd be three points better that far into a season. I think we would have been like, oh okay. That's not <laughs> what I expected, but I, I still think that they've, they've been better. Sean, yeah, you're Hibok, the super sorry. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go for it. Habak pointing out one thing I was thinking of the K Hayden Fleury was playing as a forward. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll do it too. Um, <laughs> here, uh, from Sean media should talk about, this is the super chat media should talk about mm -hmm. the injury issues a little more. That is a very legit issue though. To be fair, there has been inconsistency regardless of those injuries this season. Agreed. I, I don't, they know that it it's it's an excuse that could be used for everything so to speak and look it's one of those things we could ask dave haxtall all day long about these these sort of things we could ask the players all day long about these sort of things they're never going to say it right you don't never. want to give an, another team the bulletin board material you don't want to give them anything that they could work with whether it's a a place to be targeting let's be real that's how sports works um, or just the fact of hey this guy's on the ice he's a little slow right now let's send out our big guns and try to beat him with speed right let's go sign carl Haglin for this game just just to take him out uh you can't keep up with him so i i think that's you know it is one of those things that i i think it's it's worth looking at now just because it popped into my head for this game. I'm going to kind of try to pay attention to it for the next couple games. But as far as getting anything official from the team or the media being on the team to, to kind of disclose more, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And as media, we're absolutely willing to talk about that as an issue because it is a very real issue. The problem is we there's just we don't know a whole lot. Uh, and so it's you don't want to speculate too much because, you know, maybe a guy's fine and, he, and you think he might be banged up. Maybe it's the reverse. You just don't know. Well, and the time that you have with, with the access is surprise is like, it's, it's more limited than you think it is right. When you're in that mm -hmm. moment and there's like seven of you and you've got just a couple minutes to ask a player questions, right. You don't, if you kind of know already that he's not going to give you an answer on something, you, you try to move on to a different question that you can get something you can work with if you're writing an article or work with to to come and give all of you guys on a on a deep dive or on a post game live so it, you know we could ask all, all the time about the injury stuff but if they're never going to give us anything it, it's kind of like wasting our our chance to to talk that day you know yeah <laughs> as, to, as you saw being here for blunt. the week you, yes. you know yeah just just to put it blunt it's just it's just one of those things um but it's you know it's it is something that i i think I am surprised more people haven't mentioned outside of the context of talking to the team, which might be more so where you were going with this all, Sean, by the way, not to yeah. take it in that <laughs> other direction. Um, 
I, I do wonder if we start to see that or if anybody else will kind of have that same thought about Grubauer after watching that tonight. Yeah, no, I think so. Uh, Light, I think we all just need to take a deep breath right now with the Super Chat there. We're all here for each other and for this team. It's true, though. That's completely true. I mean, look, there's still 97 people in here an hour in RJ of a of a pretty tough loss, right? A loss nobody expected or, or really wanted. And that right there is is a big difference from season one to season three. Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, I think that does say, but I think that says you know something about our ability too, to that that's this is Emerald City therapy, right? After a game like this, you know, to kind of talk through and work through things. And it feels like the pattern with games like this is, you know, at the beginning, you kind of have to talk about the things that obviously went wrong. And there's certainly plenty to break down from this game on that. And we, we kind of did that. And I do think kind of calmer heads do prevail i mean you know we everything feels a little bit less charged i think by the time we get you know around the hour mark yeah i think it is important to you know to kind of remember that too it you know it doesn't help anybody to be kind of ranting about the stuff for an hour um but um you know and i see i see sean you know um responding you know you're right the same can be said very often we're passionate the team is underperforming it's just Mm -hmm. a fact fans are gonna fan there's nothing wrong with that and i think that you know there's different ways that you know that we all process this stuff we want to be here for everyone, you know, as a community, no matter how you process it. Oh, definitely. And I'm with you, Sean. Like that's that's kind of the point, right? Of of sports. It's the emotional roller coaster. I talk about this all the time. It's something we can be passionate about. Without that, sports doesn't exist. Right. Like yep. again, sports <laughs> isn't like this built-in thing to society where it's like it needs to exist, like it's a part of like you know, infrastructure for a city. You well, you need arenas, you need a sports team to play in them. Like you don't. It only exists because we want it to. And part of that is to is to go on this emotional journey. It's the ultimate form of live unscripted entertainment, especially a sport like hockey, where a couple bad bounces can can mean anybody could win a game, even the San Jose Sharks. And so that's <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, I had to. Sorry. Um, but that's that's the way it is. So I, I'm I'm right with you there, Sean. And and I think we we do a good job in this community, everybody, not not just me and RJ, but like all of you in how all of these discussions take place and go down and, and the different ideas that get thrown around and the different perspectives. And I think that is healthy whenever you do have a community. That's kind of one of the good things about it is that you get multiple ideas, multiple perspectives, all that kind of different stuff in there. And that's what makes it makes it good it kind of elevates the whole thing when you have stuff like that going on uh speaking of which striatic here got my back rj how dare rj malign corsi wizard victor rask like that yeah that's one thing you can get heated about yeah no i I get it getting the backlash for that i maybe he's not the example i should have gone to but He's the one I thought of first. All right. Uh, Blue Devil, if the team isn't bad, but just playing bad, why is Hackstall still the coach? It may not be his fault, but it's his problem, and it's a problem he has not been able to solve. Look, if that is something that really, really continues, and the team you know, enters the offseason with a, a fairly high lottery pick and the effort issue was consistent throughout the year, I do think that's where, you know, his his seat is going to get pretty hot because that is something I'm with you, right? It might not necessarily be his fault, but that's something very much that he has to be responsible for. That's what that job title has attached to it. Um, I, I think it would be interesting at that point, but I, I think they give him the full year. 
Right. That's the case with any coach, but also, you know, he's earned himself some leeway by having a really good result last season and getting a team within one game of the Western Conference final. And, you know, that doesn't earn you forever, but it earns you a long enough shot, certainly with the extension that he got. Um, and also that effort was a big plus for those teams, you know, yes, he's, he's given himself a chance to be able to turn this thing around. Yeah, they were they were definitely going to give him the multiple chances to fix it um, for sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's I'll just go lightning round here at the end. Let's yeah. fire off some stuff here. Uh, starting with Nicole, just gasped after hearing we had 33 points this time last season. November I, was a I very good too. month last year. It <laughs> so was. I, I did. I was like, oh, man. OK. <laughs> oh, we were the Vancouver Canucks last year. Yeah. Uh, um, yes. Grubauer was in the 700 save percentage. He's moved up to 800s now from Coop. Talking about that year one to year three jump there. Um, let's see uh habak nylander you are a seattle kraken i mean that is if he makes it to free agency i gotta think that would be priority one for ron francis looking has at to things. be uh, unfortunately it'll be the priority one for a lot of teams um let's see uh um don't want to act like vancouver fans from kaylin we are so far from amen that. to oh, that man. yeah but it, no, no risk of that no risk of that whatsoever i don't think we could ever get that to get that bad definitely anyone know if Fergus has gained any weight yet from shazzle dazzle i i don't know i he hadn't really when he was there for dev camp i don't know that he would have by now i don't think so no but hey reminder for everybody patreon uh prospect live tomorrow yes. i will be doing the first ever ranking my rankings of the kraken prospects so definitely going to be a good one there um let's see uh sergey thanks guys for doing this of course love it love it love it uh varen still skeptical of the high ranking of the power play earlier in the year but i do wonder if having some more consistent units has helped them and the scrambled units from the end of the game didn't that's a good point to bring up right because who's the, who's the kraken's power play goal leader jaden schwartz he left the i mean game. He's, the, he's the straw that stirs the drink on the power play a lot of times with that net front presence you know you'd certainly miss him if he's not there Right. I, I think there is something to be said for that, right? I, I guess I, I should have put that together when I was saying that the power play looked okay at the beginning of the game and then it looked like a mess later on. Well, maybe it's because you were missing your best power play player, the guy who kind of <laughs> helps make it all work. Maybe there, maybe there would be some correlation there. So good, yeah. good for picking that one up. Haley, still love watching this team. It makes it so much sweeter when we see things start to click. Very, very true. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of good stuff down here. Um, I think we'll maybe make this one the last one here from Hockey Fork. Very serious question. I haven't read this yet. I just saw a very serious question. Okay. It's obvious this team needs to add top talent with the money when the money opens up this offseason, but is it realistic to think that Francis will actually chase those pricey players? I think it is, RJ. I think given the amount that they, he's going to have and the fact that it's one player in Nylander, I think it is possible. I know it's not in his resume to chase, chase those players, too. I mean, you look at the Vidstum contract is the highest he's given out. And prior to that, like the Grubauer contract was the highest AAV he's given out. So he doesn't have the history showing that he will. But I think this situation is different. You've got ownership who's willing to willing and, and able to spend to the cap, maybe unlike some of those Carolina situations. And you've seen all the biggest contracts he's given out have been under Seattle. I think he acknowledges that at a certain point you have to start 
paying players, you know, the, those high salaries. He's going to have to do it with Maddie. He's going to anyway. So he's going to have to, you know, break the record for that anyway. I think he's willing to do it. And I think certainly given the pressure, if they have an off season like this, you know, y- you have to. Yeah. I, I, I was just going to say, I think that would play yeah. a role in it. I, I think Coop saying yeah. uh, here, Fergus uh, interview with the Moose Jaw coach said that he has put on weight. Okay. I'm not a hater, by the way. <laughs> I'm just maybe a realist when it comes to the size being a limitation, potentially. Yeah. Um, also, Jessica asking what time tomorrow for the prospect chat. It's 7 p.m., 7 o'clock yes. tomorrow. 7 o'clock tomorrow. Going to be a lot of fun. Burnt Crime Edmonton fired their coach three weeks in. Very different scenario, right? They're, they've got, they're looking at very few years left remaining of McDavid and Dreisaitl. You can't waste those. It, there's a lot of things that are very yeah. different about that than from the, the from the Kraken right now. Um, yeah, he could he could have gained weight. He need, I told you last time he needs to gain like 25 pounds. I don't think he's, he's 165 Dylan. pounds. It's one. Oh my gosh! You know what? Zach Benson is 163. Okay, and and he got hurt five games into his NHL career because of it. All right. And I love Zach Benson. All right. Nobody can call me a Zach Benson hater. So again, I'm, <laughs> I'm being a realist. I'm not being a hater. It's just be a fun prospect. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. Oh man. It's just going to be endlessly just, it's going to be one long, where does Fergus rank discussion? Yikes. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody uh thanks you all so much for for joining us for this one really appreciate it thanks to everybody who gave the super chats and of course thank you to flat stick pub again everybody on thursday you don't even have to you know just in the next post game live i'm gonna have a bunch of pictures i took from flat stick uploaded in here I can show them off because it was just it was so so legit oh my gosh rj it was so good sweet so good i can't i cannot wait for people to go there and look you don't have to wait for us to, to go there and check it <laughs> yeah. out. I definitely recommend it for everybody. You can go, heard from uh, the bartenders there, a lot of Kraken fans in there before the games, uh, when there's 50% off off the games, such as Duffel Board and, and uh, Mini Golf. So lots of Kraken fans in there for that. You know, I think we could do a little better post game when they get the dollar off beers at that South Lake Union location personally. So just throwing yeah. that out there for everybody. All local beers too. Go check yep. them out. They got a good selection. Great stuff. All right, everybody. I'll see uh, the patrons tomorrow for that prospect live chat. We'll see the rest of you all on Thursday in the post game.